It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. Well, it should have been a positive, and it was a massive negative by anybody that uh, has a brain and that reads 95% of even the media that you talk about. It's uh, it's terrible. The platter was set. We're all set to have a victory in terms of getting out and getting out with dignity, and you could even say with victory. And uh, it was all lined up. The Taliban was petrified of us. They were all... They were just staying away, and all he had to do is take what we did and finish it up and take all the equipment out. I actually said every nail, every screw, I want everything out, and the people out, obviously. You start with the people and then the equipment. That was Donald Trump with Stuart Varney and Varney and Company and FBN uh, earlier this week because when Joe Biden gives a speech, he likes to bring up the Trump deal. This is the deal was dropped for me. I was supposed to get out May 1st. I extended it to August 30th, and uh, I wanted to get out anyway, but Donald Trump left me no choice. He boxed me in. Stuart Varney here now. Stuart, the one thing I would have to say, what Trump just said, I have a hard time believing that even his critics would deny. Trump is so money and driven. When it came to the only reasons he didn't pull his troops out of Syria is like the oil's going to go to the Iranians. That flipped him out. He said, we're going to keep some. And when you think he's going to leave American equipment, American money to this evil organization, you are nuts. He would never have done this. Look, Donald Trump, President Trump said, yeah, we're going to get out of Afghanistan in the year 2021. We're going to get out on May the 1st. But he laid down conditions. He told the the Taliban. Had a phone call with their leader and laid down the law. Barador. Barador, that's right. You lay a hand on a single America. You harm one American, and we know where you live. We'll J-damn you. He didn't use that expression, but he said, we know where you live. And they That did. was a threat that the Taliban understood. It was a powerful threat. They understood it, and they abided by the conditions. They did not touch Americans. Then mm-hmm. Biden becomes the president. Americans were attacked in Afghanistan, and Biden did nothing. And the result is all bets off. They knew perfectly well they could storm in with impunity, and that's exactly what they did. So do you think that even Trump's greatest critic would have thought if he got a call from Barador and said, I don't plan on taking Kabul, but the army has left, the ministers are being looted, do you want to go in or do you want me to go in? Do you, what do you think Donald Trump would have said? That's a very hard question, but I know what the conversation you're talking about, because that was offered to Biden. Do you want us to go into Kabul and control it, or do you want to? And we said, no, no, we'll just take the airport. We're satisfied with the airport. What a catastrophic mistake. If it had been Donald Trump as president, I don't think we would have been in that position in the first place. And I think he would have said, yeah, we'll, t- we'll take Kabul. We'll come back. A couple of things. This is the deal. It's very simple. It doesn't. It's not a lawyer speak. This is the six-page deal, uh, the framework that uh, uh, Zal Khalazad cut, and he's straddled two administrations. I think he's done a terrible job. Uh, I was not thrilled with the five thousand to one thousand prisoner swap. We're giving out five thousand of theirs. We get one thousand back for the Afghan army, but that's where it stopped. They left Bagram Air Base. That's a Biden call. They left the prisoners there. That's a Biden call. When they when when Gahani called up and the transcripts are now out and said, "I need air cover," 
Biden didn't give it to him. That's a Biden call. This is on Biden. This catastrophe and the deaths are on Biden. And you know what? This is not going to go away. The president wants to turn his back on Afghanistan. He wants to move on, but he will not be able to. And frankly, I think America's in trouble here. The whole country is in trouble. We've got an incompetent team in place, and they're going to be in place for the next three and a half years. The president's not going anywhere. The vice president, we don't have much confidence in her. Where is she? Where indeed. We don't have much confidence in her. And then there's the defense secretary, the national security guy, and the foreign secretary, the State Department guy. They're probably going to stay. There'll be a great deal of pressure for them to resign. I don't know whether they will or not, but this is the team that we've got for three and a half years. That is a significant problem. Stuart Varney here, Varney and Company, and you can watch Varney and Company every single day from 9 till noon. Uh, Stuart used to come in all the time until they expanded your show. It really hurts my feelings. You never <laughs> thought about that. Uh, but, Stuart, there, uh, this is my concern, but, and I think you know it can't be helped, and this is your, your breadbasket, and that is money. And the president's going to say, no one cares about foreign affairs. The American people after 9-11 are going to put this in their rearview mirror. They didn't like Afghanistan anyway. And they're going to have a big victory, a Joe Biden victory, that $3.5 trillion, which is more like $5 trillion. He's going to the reconciliation package on simply party lines. Number one, what will that do to America? And will, will he be right? Do Americans care more about the $3.5 trillion that they care about Afghanistan? I certainly hope that they do not care more about free stuff than they do about the disgrace of Afghanistan. But you put your finger on something that's important because the news cycle moves very, very quickly. The election is not until another 14 months away, 13, 14 months. That is a long time. If Biden comes along and says, hey, look, forget Afghanistan. Look what I'm doing for you. Free college. Free pre-K, free eyeglasses, free dental, expanded Medicare, all kinds of free stuff, including free money. You got all of that. You vote for me, forget Afghanistan. Vote for me and look what you'll get. That would be a disaster. It's a very intriguing political suggestion, which I can see some people agreeing with. and say, yeah, give me the money. I can see that. But that would be a disaster for America. It would create a completely different neo-socialist society. Something for nothing, and our economy would suffer mightily. So voters will say, I got free after-school lunches. I got free preschool. I have free elder care. I have free community college. I'm able to transition some of my economy to this green economy, this green militia that's going to go out there and hunt people down. That might be get you the young vote. So when you give people free stuff, it blows up the whole free market concept. It blows up capitalism in America. It's socialism. It's basically European-style socialism coming to America. It's probably worse than European-style socialism because Bernie Sanders, he ain't satisfied with just a few handouts here and there. Chairman of the Budget Committee. He's the Budget Committee chair. He wants to transform America. Won't be satisfied with anything less. I think there's going to be hell to pay. Because I think the moderate Democrats are going to turn around and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. America doesn't want all this free stuff. We can't vote for it. If that happens, you've got a divided Democrat party in which the left, the far left, will be mightily disappointed and absolutely outraged. I know these people. I was brought up with them. Hell hath no fury like a socialist spurned. Right. Uh, that's, I love that. Uh, the problem I have with the moderates is they folded under Nancy Pelosi before. Remember, they said, I will not look at the 3.5 until you pass the bipartisan bill. Within two days, 
Josh Gottheimer and the problem solvers and the so-called moderates flipped in consultation with Joe Manchin so where are they on now? the Senate side. Where are these moderates now? After this disgrace in Afghanistan, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I mean, they want to get reelected. Do they think that the best way to get reelected is to forget Afghanistan and vote for free stuff? They might. But what message do you have for working class people that in the long run, that check that you're getting for having kids, that's the thing that came out of the $1.9 trillion, the free junior college and everything that we just mentioned before is bad for you? In my opinion, nothing is free. And everybody knows it. How do you it. message that as a, pol- as a Republican politician? You think health care is expensive? Just wait till it's free. I know that's kind of a joke, but it's absolutely accurate. I just have a basic belief in America's understanding of how the economy works and how money works. You ask, how would I message that? Very simple. Socialism doesn't work. It's something for nothing, and it's beneath America. It's fair deal. Finally, the rich have had it too good for too long. Now we're going to get fair. The top, those billionaires have way too much money. It's time for them to share it. But that's how they will That's how they that's will message, the message. it. And that's that's not already, my belief. That's already the message. That's what's coming out. I don't think it works. I don't think we're quite ready to go that far. And I absolutely cannot see all Democrats, the entire Senate Democrat contingent, all of them in lockstep voting for another $5 trillion worth of spending because they know perfectly well you'll get inflation before the 2022 election. All right. So why should we care about capital gains? Why should we care about raising the corporate tax? What do you think it means for investing and has it affect you if you're not one of those so-called um, a rich who've had it too good for too long. We'll discuss that with Stuart Varney from Varney & Company, which you can listen to from 9 to noon on FBN. Don't move. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base, it's Brian Kilmeade. A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Are you fully invested in the market? No, I'm not. Uh, I really am not too much. I was never a big stock market person, but, you know, I I did for a period of time, and it was good. You know, if it goes the right way, it's good. If it goes the wrong way, it's not good. But, you know, I built a foundation that was so strong with the uh, with all of the things, including the tax cuts. I hope they don't get rid of the tax cuts, because if they do, you're going to see people, companies leaving our country again. I, many, many countries, companies came into our country after I got elected, because of the tax cuts and because of the fact that they could bring we took in trillions of dollars of money that was outside our country that couldn't be taken in and they used it within our country because i made it possible to bring that money back in before it was impossible but we've created we created a foundation that was so strong that we had the best economy in history and then we had the pandemic and then we built it a second time and we handed over the foundations of something great And that was the president of the United States with Stuart Varney uh, earlier this week. And he's talking about the economy, the market. He's not a big investor. He's a real estate guy. We know about his golf clubs and his hotels and other things that he did. But right now, he says about this corporate tax rate, these corporations aren't paying any taxes. It's about time we raise their rates. All these corporations, so they went from in the 30s to what? 21. 21. And now they're talking about pushing it up to 28. Manchin says, I think, around 25 what would that – first off, did it? Did we bring as much revenue as we thought when we cut it? 
And what would be the ramifications if it does go up in this new $3.5 trillion? Trillions of dollars. I can't give you an exact number, but it runs to the trillions. Were brought back into America because we lowered the corporate tax rate. We offered a special tax rate to bring the money back in. It was a much lower tax rate. I think it was about 10%. The money poured back in again. Then we lowered the overall tax rate to 21%. More money came in because you could keep more of it. It's it's obvious, isn't it? You now put it back up to 25% or 28%, you're no longer competitive in a very competitive world, and money will leave. They're talking about uh, upping. So so if they settle at 25%, that'll be right where China is. We were just a little bit below China, right? Yep. Yep. So, so you know, Ireland is is very low. Still low. And then we have Janet Yellen saying, I want to get the rest of the world to commit to no longer this race to the bottom when it comes to taxes. She's had success with that, hasn't she? That is extraordinary that Why? a Treasury Secretary of the United States would give away Former. taxing power. Oh, no, power. you're right, Treasury Secretary. She's the current yeah, Treasury yeah. Secretary. She's about to give away taxing authority to foreigners over American corporations. Have you ever seen a power grab like that? Is, is that making what about progress? Sovereign, what about economic sovereignty? Right. No, I don't think it's progress. It's just another grab for the, the stock of money that they want to get their hands on. But, Stuart, I'm saying, do you think they're making progress on that? Is the rest of the world signing off on this? Uh, apparently the Irish say no and will hold out. Uh, I don't know about other nations, but they do want that. They want it. Yeah, they want a worldwide agreement. That's that's what they want. And I'm sure Janet Yellen is making progress, but it's a bad thing. Stuart Varney, they're talking about capital gains uh, going up to about 43 percent. Oh, please. What would that mean? And what do you think the reaction would be? Okay, let's suppose you make a profit of one hundred dollars on the sale of stock. Okay, and you made that profit over a long term. You now pay a 20 percent capital gains tax. So you make a hundred dollars profit. You give the government 20 bucks. 20%. Got it. Under the Biden plan, you would go to, you make $100 profit on the sale of stock, you would go to around 40% tax. $40 out of your $100 profit would go to the government. The government's done absolutely nothing to make that profit. Nothing at all. Don't tell me they shared in your effort. They did not. They're just going to take a piece of your action. The result is there's less investing, there's less movement of money, and capital is starved. You starve for capital, and that's a terrible thing. Why do people not understand there's going to be a reaction to every action? Because they react emotionally. There is a very strong emotional reaction to when you've got stories of people worth $200 billion and people not making enough to meet the paycheck, every, the, uh, the, the rent every week. That is an emotional reaction because it's just not fair. Socialists always play on emotion not basic economics. They don't care about economics. They don't care about the money flow. They don't care about the growth in the economy. They care about power and taking what's yours. So I, um, that's true. And what I think, the same thing happened to Obamacare. They said, well, if you have over 20 people, you've got to offer them health care. Okay, I'm hiring 19. And then how many hours, when you make them over 35 hours, you can offer them health care? They're working 30. So when it comes to capital gains, rich, successful people are going to say, okay, you want me 43.5% of my profits. I'm going elsewhere. I'm going to go into real estate. I'm going to find something else to put my money because I am not stupid. Yes, that's exactly how it is. Money works in a way to minimize your loss of money. You will do whatever it takes to avoid excessive taxation. That's reality. That happens. 
and that's going to happen if they get their way. So, and we, yeah, we'll see what's going to happen. So the other big story, and I, I, was li- I listened to you in the elevator on the way up to do the radio show because you had start your show right at 9. I'd finish up Fox and Friends. And one thing you said is, despite what's happening in Afghanistan and all the, discon- discon- against, uh, uh, the discontent across this country, the market continues to go up. Why? Because there is a wall of money that's just going right at Wall Street and right at the economy. Because, because okay. there's nowhere else to put it? No. The, the central bank, the Federal Reserve, has been printing money like you wouldn't believe. They've got $8 trillion on their books. That is the money supply. That's money. $8 trillion. Congress has spent, what, $1.9 trillion on the first rescue package. Another trillion dollars is being debated. And another nearly $5 trillion is coming up. That's a wall of money. Where does it go? It goes to Wall Street. It goes to investments. It goes to companies. It goes to growth. In many ways, that's a fine thing. But you better get out of the way when you've got trillions of dollars coming at you because prices just go up. And inflation not transitory, is it safe to say? Does it worry you as much? Oh, I'm really worried about inflation. When you've got that kind of money going into an economy that's already growing, you always get inflation. We've got inflation now. I think it gets worse. Here's the thing. When you talk about messaging, that's what Republicans should be saying. That dollar's worth less because there's too much dollars out there. That's the messaging. You want to get to suburban housewives? No offense, but they still do most of the shopping. I know it's not sexist. It's fact. That's what, when everything costs more and they have less and they got to put stuff back, that's a problem. Inflation, as of right now, is running at 5%. Wage gains, as of right now, are running at 4%. In other words... Your buying power is already receding, even though you've got a wage raise. Inflation beats the rise in wages, works it away, gets rid of it. That's not a good thing. And if you get all this money in the system, there'll be a lot of high fives, but then there'll be a lot of regrets with 2022 looming. So much is at stake in these midterm elections. It's hard to believe. Uh, Stuart Varney, thanks so much. We're going to watch you every day from 9 to noon. Is that all right? At that, 9 to noon. Be there, Brian. Absolutely. <laughs> and if, by the way, if you ever miss us live, you get the podcast, BrianKillmeShow.com. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.